0: Well, this is the place where we, uh, we go to uh, pull out that insert um, as we celebrate our church's uh, 150th anniversary. And so, if you'll pull out the one that says celebrate, Burship of Cumberland Presbyterian Church, Celebrating God's Faithfulness, 1866-2066. to 2066. And we have a couple of, uh, of readings in here. And uh, I'll read the uh, light print, and I'll ask you as a congregation uh, to read the bold print. So this one is remembering our blessings. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all the generations. You, o Lord, have been dwelling place for us and our children. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You, o God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. You, O Lord, have been our refuge and our strength. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress.
1: You, O Lord, are the Eternal One, and we have trusted you.
0: Because yes. of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You, O oh Lord, have been our faithful one. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You, O oh Lord, have built
1: your church in this
0: place, and we have been blessed. At this time, Howard Jenkins is going to come and share with us a little bit about the, the history of Bersheba, as well as uh, the two newest uh, pictures we have on the Hall of Fame.
2: Yes, I've got my notes here, too. My, my memory don't let me remember that stuff too well. I'm sure most of you remember that the church was founded back in uh, 1866. The Reverend uh, Thomas Benton Wood served as a pastor, uh, and the records show that he served for about 15 years, and, and he passed away at the age of 61. And it's buried at the old Woodlawn Cumberland Presbyterian Church Cemetery up north of Columbus here. The church began to take on a new look in the late 50s when the first educational facility was completed with connecting hallway. That is is now the fellowship hall over here, the kitchen and the bathrooms and the pastor and secretary's office. In 1958, now this is the first time I was here, so I know about this. 1958 the old sanctuary was completely raised and expanded to include the brick on the outside as well as some other things Uh, my first visit of course as I said was the the last Sunday in August I remember that well because I had just met Linda and uh, she invited me to church and to go home with her for lunch and then we got engaged next week sometime (laughs) But, but anyway uh, this was the first time, that I, and this was the first Sunday that, that they had service in the new facility uh, after the uh, renovation. And if you've ever wondered what the church looked like before, as you go out this hallway going into the fellowship hall, look right up on the wall on the left, there's a little plaque up there with a picture of a little white church. And that's what it was so this a little white wood church. In the early 70s, uh, more changes were made by removing the choir dome, and, and I know there's some here that remember that big dome that used to be back here behind us. And that was removed and uh, installed the uh, three stained glass windows on each side. Well, I know you're thinking, well, that's more than three there. I'll get to that after a while. Uh, the while. Uh, in the late 70s or early 80s, the Men's Fellowship uh, took on the project of a building Sunday school rooms over here and at that time just to the west of this wall right here there was a grassy spot with a walk coming up to it that came into a door there and right inside of that door uh, on the left was the pastor's office and which is now a a storage room I think but right across from the coke machine but anyway we enclosed that uh, that uh, area there and in the process uh, we had to Cover up the stained glass windows. Well, before we did that, we installed a, a little light in each window to give the indication that there might be some outli- outside light coming through, just like it was on these. But it didn't work really well. Uh, but anyway, it, it served that purpose until 1998, when when we undertook a, uh, a project which involved uh, a lot of long-range planning. Uh, to see where we're going to go in the future, and it resulted in the building of uh, this vi wing. Uh, we've called it over here. Uh, it's uh, upstairs, downstairs, Sunday school rooms, uh, nursery, uh, bathrooms, and uh, and it, we extended the sanctuary. I mean the uh, fellowship hall down about. Well, I'd say probably about thirty feet, thirty forty feet at that time, and. Uh, Page. it also included major renovation to the sanctuary and this was uh, the, the main thing we did we, we added five pews back in the back there five rows of pews which took us way back and uh, to do that uh, required the removal of the trees and I'll get to that in just a second but also in the process we took those uh, stained glass windows out put one back in this corner, and the other two are in the, the front up there. Now, these, these windows were all purchased by uh, members of the church at that time. Uh, as I said, we had to remove all the trees. If you remember the big tree that was, uh, it was right in front there, well, if you were sitting in the sound room, you'd be sitting in that tree because that's <laughs> right where it's set. So, but we had to go that way because we had no usable space in the back. In order to expand our sanctuary then that's the only way we could go and it's worked out great we then uh paved our parking lot around the church plant out here in front and around the church plant our last project involved adding another building to the end of the uh, fellowship hall that was about what five years ago something like that included two uh sun two large sun school rooms one downstairs and one upstairs and that exits right out onto the pavilion, which we upgraded that, uh, paved the, uh, the floor in it, uh, changed out the lights so it would be more usable uh, to the church. And it also included a, a front porch uh, with engraved bricks. And if you're interested in uh, getting some more information on, uh, on the engraved bricks, just see any of us today and uh, we've got some sheets back there that uh, will give you the information we have been blessed to have three men from our congregation surrender to the, their lives to the ministry uh, the first and Reverend Frank Ward and I think I saw him come in, would you stand just a minute Frank that was when he was a little bit of a young fellow <laughs> Uh the other one, the next one was uh, Reverend uh, Joe Lewis, uh, Lewis Joe Stutter. That was Brother Charles's brother, and also Reverend W. N. Lockhart, which was Irene's brother. We're extremely proud of our facilities, but most of all, we're proud of our leadership. Uh, Pastor Tim came here, came to us. I don't know, four or five years ago. Time flies when you're having fun, you know. But, uh, approximately two years ago, we began to search for a music director. And God uh, stepped in and, and brought us uh, Philip Stockton, who is a, uh, uh, what are you, a music, I mean the, uh, he's
1: music a professor
2: track. of music down at uh, MUW. I, I'm sure he's got a more sophisticated name, <laughs> but uh, but that's that's what he is. And then uh, Nathan Bickford at the piano, uh, he came to us because Zane over here decided to go north and, uh, and left <laughs> us, you know, so. <laughs> but. But Nathan is also a, a student at, or, or a major music major at uh, MUW. So what else can you ask for as far as music is concerned? And, of course, Linda's been playing the organ now for many years. But I want to thank you for coming today and helping us to celebrate 150 years of God's work here in in this, uh, this area of our community. Uh, now we will... We will take care of the uh, two inductions into our wall of fame out here. I don't know exactly what it's called, but every year we, we recognize uh, former elders who have passed away. Uh, we've had two this past year, and today uh, their picture has been uh, hung on the wall out here. And as you go out the, out the door here to the right, that's all the pictures. Most of you have seen some of the pictures, there, but the two on the bottom is the one we added today first one is uh, William H. Buddy Barksdale. Buddy passed away on September 2nd, uh, 2015, and he was ordained as an elder in 1977. I think his family is back here. Would y'all stand just a minute, please? Buddy's family. Thank you. <clears throat> the other one was uh, Mr. John Lumsden. John passed away uh, the first of uh, November, uh, no, the 11th of January, 2016, and uh, he was ordained as elder in 1977. I don't know if any of John's family is here. I haven't seen any of them. But anyway, when you go, as you go out, they're hanging on the wall uh, with the other ship. Thank you.
0: Thank you Howard. we are uh, just very uh, proud of all the blessings God has given us and as he mentioned uh, he mentioned some of our of our staff and uh, also Tyler with our youth and Becky with our children. Uh, we are just so very blessed and um, what the Lord has brought us and all the leadership that we have from from our session to our Sunday school teachers and and just um, everybody Patrice working on our Uh, our food and our keeping our grounds clean, and and, uh, Brenda with our accounting. Uh, We have so many folks that that help us and uh, just keep this place going uh, for God's glory. (laughs) We want to ask our ushers to please come forward at this time as we take up the morning offering. been faithful givers over many, many years that have kept your work going. Father, we pray that you bless each gift and each giver. Lord, use these offerings for your kingdom's sake, that your name may be known, that lives may be touched, healed, comforted, that those who are lost may be found in you. Lord, we pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please remain standing for our time of praise and worship. Focused on Pentecost, and so we're going to be looking at Acts chapter two, beginning in verse one. This is the um, this is the account of the day uh, that God moved in power, and it's really a um, a perfect tie-in for our day as we celebrate the founding of our church and God moving forward. Because Pentecost, by many, is seen. To be the founding of the church, uh, the day that God uh, worked in mighty ways and His church moved forward. I want to ask if you would please stand with me as we read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven. Like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house in which they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and seated on each of them. And everyone who was present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. And at that time those who were devout Jews from every nation were in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And when they heard this loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their languages being spoken by the believers. And they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in their own native languages. And here we are, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, people from Mesopotamia. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, and the province of Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas around Cyrene, and visitors, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk. That's all. Pray with me, please. Father God, we thank you for what you did on this uh, day of Pentecost in the early church. And we pray that we will be reminded today that the same power that was present on that day, Father, you have that same power still. And you seek to manifest your power and your spirit working in our lives. Father, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I do want to today just mention three things that I really find uh, in parallel with our church, as I think about the early church. The first is that there were very humble beginnings, If you look at that picture of the old Bersheba church, you would agree there were some humble beginnings to this church. It was just a little bitty place. Uh, And and this was, uh, I am told, uh, we were kind of a backwater here. I understand this road is pretty busy now, but before, once upon a time, uh, we were kind of out there. You know, you had to be going uh, here to get here. But God has worked, and over the years, He has done amazing things here. When you look at the Jerusalem church, which quickly became thousands upon thousands of people, and yet in Acts chapter 1, there were only about 120 believers. Less people than are here today at this church was the entirety of the church. All the believers that existed were 120 people. And yet with God, little is much And God has a way of confounding uh, the wise with with what people say is His foolishness. And He has a way of using the weak and they become strong through God. And so in Acts, we see that humble beginning and it reminds us that not just our our own church, Bersheba, had humble beginnings, but the church itself had humble beginnings. I also see... Unity in this church. In Acts chapter 1, the disciples of the 12, remember, they had had seen Jesus going into heaven. And he had told them, you're going to be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the world. But he had said, wait, wait till the gift that is coming upon you. And they came together and they waited in unity. The Bible describes it as them being all in one accord. And there they were. And you all think, "Well, well, what's so big about that? You have to remember back to the history of these people and the constant squabbling. Even up until the night that Jesus died, or that he was betrayed before he would die on the cross the next day. They constantly squabbled and said, who's the greatest? I'm better than you. I'm going to be first in the kingdom. And they were constantly at each other, even with being around Jesus all the time. But finally, they understood that they had to get over themselves, and they had to be unified in Christ. And so the 12 disciples, minus Judas, and they had elected another a twelfth, to take his place. And all the other disciples, Mary, the mother of Jesus, many other men and women were there together in unity. And throughout the book of Acts, you see that God is growing his church. But you'll see when there's problems that arise, and they happened in the early church, sometimes that growth would stop. You see problems in Acts chapter 6 and 7, in Acts chapter 15. There's a couple of places in the early church where there was big conflict. But instead of ignoring that conflict and pretending it doesn't exist, like a lot of people do today in their personal lives or in their churches, the church dealt, they prayed, they discussed. There were some heated discussions even, you will see recorded in Scripture. But finally they agreed. And they moved on, and you'll see where the Bible says that God began to add again to their numbers. Over the years of the history of this church, I've been told that there has been, there's been uh, some big conflicts at times. There's been some difficulties and hardships. But God has always worked, and he's ha- always had his hand on this church. And right now, uh, we are blessed to be in a time of unity. And that is something that we should never take for granted. But that we should be thankful to God and we should pray that He would continue the unity of His church, not just this church, but every church that is part of His church. And finally, and probably most important on this day, is that the Holy Spirit is at the center of the work of a true church. You see, it's not enough just to simply have a gathering of people with good intentions. You see, if you stop right there, a gathering of people of good intentions, you could be talking about a social club. You could be talking about any organization that does good, some nonprofit out there that's doing good things. And those are wonderful, but they're not the church. Because the church goes beyond just people with good intentions who've come together for a purpose. It adds the supernatural power of God. And you and I, just like those early believers who are seeking to wait and to allow themselves to be filled and led by God's Spirit. You and I are to be doing that same thing. We're to be getting ourselves in a place where we are obeying God with what He already tells us to do, but we're preparing ourselves and we're allowing ourselves to God's, for God's Spirit to work in our lives and to use us and to do things only He can do. God has called all of us who are believers to be following Him, to be filled with His Spirit, and to be doing the things that the Spirit has called us to do. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit is of this day that we celebrate, one of the major days of the church, Pentecost Day. And yet we're often afraid of the Spirit. We think the Holy Spirit belongs to a certain group of people who sing a certain way or dress a certain way or belong to a certain denomination. But the Holy Spirit is the birthright of every believer. It does not discriminate between young and old, men and women, rich and poor, colors of skin, different nationalities. All believers have been given God's Spirit to use it, to allow the Spirit to work through them and to do God's bidding. Today, as we celebrate our 150th anniversary, we look back on humble beginnings. We are grateful that God's hand was upon us, and He was faithful to us through all these years, even when there was difficulty and conflict. But we see that He especially blessed us in times of unity when we were working together, And most of all, as we allowed His Spirit to be our guide, God has done great things through us. And we can celebrate that today. We come to our um, song of commitment. It's hymn number 297, Spirit of the Living God. If today you need to make a public profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, You're a believer, but you've never done that. Today is the day. Would you stand, please? Whatever God's calling you to do, you do it this time.
1: and stand
0: Thank you Charlie and thank all of you for being here today Uh, um, we've had a wonderful uh, day of uh, remembering of worshiping celebrating God's goodness thinking about the past and even though that uh, may bring a tear to our eye for many of us we're able to celebrate God's goodness uh, to us no matter what we've been through in this life Uh, again if you're kind of one of our folks who just comes back to Bersheba every so often, you're in the orbit, remember to sign up on that Friends of Bersheba. Remember everybody, uh, even children, if you have a child who went off who was in the nursery or um, was on, uh, you know, in children's church, make sure their name gets written down because we want to record that of everybody who was here today. I do want to mention for those who are not aware, we do have, um, if if you're looking to keep uh, up with Bersheba, We have a Facebook page, which we've had for a while, but uh, recently we've added a website, which is BershebaChurch.com. And also uh, there's an app that you can find if you have a smartphone uh, on the Android, the Google Play Store, or the Apple Store. uh, Just search for Bersheba, and there's an app. And you can do all sorts of things there, see our calendar of events, uh, listen to sermons. There's a way to give online electronically, either through the website uh, or through that app. just lots of neat stuff there that you can keep up with what's going on at Bersheba. So I encourage you uh, to check those things out. And uh, in a minute, we're going to, um, we're going to pray, and uh, we'll, that'll be a prayer uh, to dismiss, but also to bless the food. And uh, I was asked by one of the ladies in the back to ask uh, you folks with young children. We know they get antsy, so kind of try to, try, we'll try to let you guys move on through first if we can, uh, the folks with young children. And, uh, and the rest of us will, will follow up. We've had beautiful weather today, so like I said, our, our youth building, which we sometimes put overflow, it's not ready because it's going to be renovated soon, but it's not really ready f- to sit in, but it's beautiful weather, so plenty of seating out on the pavilion uh, as well as in the fellowship hall, and we really hope that you uh, enjoy this time of fellowship together. Um, would you please stand at this time? And I I want to ask Brother Frank Ward, would you please um, come and um, have our benediction and blessing for our food? Thank you for being here today.
3: Regardless of what some of you may think, I'm not a charter member of this church. (laughs) But I just realized, uh, come Wednesday, May the 18th, more than a third of the life of this church... My wife and I stood here. Now, wife stood here. My first wife, <laughs> <laughs> and we're married. Uh, I have. Uh, I'm retired, but for uh, 37 years, I was in ministry for you, with you, at our denominational headquarters, working worldwide in youth ministry, Christian education, and. Uh, then as team leader of Christian education. When I first was sent to uh, Memphis to our headquarters, Granny Malcolm was the director of children's ministry. And uh, Granny came down here to do a uh, teacher training workshop with teachers of children. I remember when she got back to Memphis... Harold Davis, the executive director of the Board of Christian Education, asked Granny in a staff meeting, well, how was your trip to Bursheba Church? And she said it was great. She said the people there are wonderful. There's only one problem. And he said, what is that? She said, they think Frank Ward hung the moon.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, We know better than that. (laughs) But I did want, and thank you for the opportunity, I did want to say to you, you treated me like i You've held me up in your prayers through all of these years. I have never forgotten my roots. I've never forgotten that you have held me in your arms And you have treated me as though I hung the moon, though I knew better and you knew better. But you've always been there for me and my family. And for many of you, your fathers, mothers, your uh, grandfathers and grandmothers helped me to hear God's invitation to be in the ministry. And so for that, I just want to say thank you and thank God. Now let us pray. For this day and for this special occasion, O God, we offer thanksgiving and praise to you. For the years that have gone by and for the people who have depended on your love, expressed in and through a community of faith called Bersheba Cumberland Presbyterian Church, all of those babies who have been baptized and adults who have been baptized, all of those have been sick in the hospitals, you've been there. All of those who've been prodigals and run off have always found their way back somehow or another because your love and your grace is with us. So we invite your spirit indeed to be with us as we join together in fellowship and eat together around the table. One of the favorite activities of our Lord and Master, sitting at table. So as we sit at table, help us to reminisce and help us to be thankful. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.